We are in this series, Faith in the Wild. How many of you have enjoyed this series on faith in these crazy times that we are living in? Well, I wanna preach to you this word that God's been stirring in my heart on the language of faith. There is a language that God has called us to speak and it is not a language of fear or defeat or hopelessness. It is a language of faith. If you have a Bible, go to Proverbs 18, verse 21. Yeah, we get excited about the word of God. We get louder than when OU comes back and beats Texas. Come on, somebody. Boomer. All right. I'm in the right place. Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue has the power of life and death. Our tongue literally has the power to release life into the room or death. With our words, we can curse and we can also bless. With our words, we can heal a relationship. We can also destroy a relationship. Words can, can lead to divorces. Words can also lead to restoration in homes. Words can reconcile sons and daughters back to parents. Words can also push sons and daughters away from their parents. Words are a powerful thing. In fact, the tongue, the mouth is mentioned 552 times in scripture. And every single time it's mentioned from the Old Testament to the New Testament, it literally says it is the most powerful part of our body. That our mouth, our tongue, literally determines the direction of our life. A takeaway for this sermon, I'm going to give you right off the bat, is my communication determines my destination. My communication, my words determine where my life ends up. Not just where my life ends up, but even where other people's lives end up. Our words can actually send people down a path. Right now, there's a study going on on the, the power of bullying, cyberbullying. And it says that 160,000 children miss school every single day due to the fear of being verbally harassed in school. 160,000 kids will not show up to school tomorrow, not because they tested positive for COVID-19, but because they are afraid that someone is going to say something mean to them. 160,000 kids afraid to go to school. Three out of four of the reasons why school shootings happen have to do with the words that people listen to the words that they were told, the labels that people said over them. You see, the language of faith not only affects us, it affects what we're saying over other people. We're living in a time where there is so much careless words being spoken. We're in a culture where people go, ah, no filter, right? No filter, just say whatever you feel like saying, say whatever you want. From the top of our nation all the way down and all over the world, there's just this like no care, no, no filter at all to say whatever we want to say. I was in uh, my truck this last week taking my kids to school and Liam and Benny, they were talking to each other in the back of the truck and they started to get a little upset with each other. And Benny goes, I'm not inviting you to my birthday party. <laughs> Benny's birthday is in a year. <laughs> and Liam goes, well, I'm not even going to buy you something for your birthday. And Benny goes, well, I'm not buying you something for your birthday. And I'm going, guys, stop, stop, stop. How many parents can relate when your kids start doing this? I know my mom and dad can relate because me and my brother did it all the time growing up. And I'm like listening to this. And Benny goes, we're not even going to take you to Chuck E. Cheese for your birthday. And Liam goes, we're not, you know, mommy and daddy aren't going to do that for you either. And I go, stop it. Guys, I pulled the truck over and I said, guys, we need to speak nice to each other. We need to speak encouraging. This, like, this conversation reminds me, this debate reminds me of another debate I was listening to a couple weeks ago where they were acting like children and they were name calling. You know what I'm talking about? Listen, we're living in a society where people are just being mean with their words, shaming each other. And we go, well, it's, it's part of politics. We just do that. That's just what we do. And 
And honestly, when I was watching, I was going, listen, God's heart is not pleased when his kids are constantly picking on each other and bullying each other with their words. God's heart is not glorified. God is not at peace when he sees people being mean on Twitter and Instagram, saying mean things. Just like I wasn't happy as a father in that moment. I love my kids, but I was going, this is not right. James chapter three says, this should not be when you use your mouth to put others down. Ephesians four says, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. You are literally hurting people with your words and it sits in there. We can say all day, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But it's not true. Words hurt. Words sting. Words sit longer. I can heal from a bruise when you punch me in the shoulder. I can heal. I'll heal in a couple weeks. But when you say something mean, it sits a lot longer than that bruise. Words have power. So I said, boys, we need to say encouraging words to each other. I you know, turned to Liam and Benny in the truck, and I said, let's stop being mean. I want you to say, I'm sorry. And so they started with that, I'm sorry. And I said, okay, now forgive each other. I forgive you. And I said, now we're gonna play the encouragement game. I want you to encourage each other and think of a bunch of encouraging words, speak life over each other. So you know it's quiet for a couple minutes. <laughs> and then Benny goes, you're a really good football player, Liam. Liam goes, you're a really good soccer player, Benny. And Benny said, you're a champion, Liam. When he said that, I was like, tear coming down my eye. I go, this is music to my ears. This is so good. Liam goes, you're a champion too, Benny. Benny goes, you can't say that. I just said that. I'm like, just stop. Just, we're going in the right direction. Please don't ruin this moment. He's like, okay, you can say it. <laughs> you know, like, get creative with your encouragement. You can't say what I said. So they start going back and forth. You're invited to my birthday. I'm going to get you a present. We're going to go to Chuck E. Cheese. It's going to be awesome. You know, they start encouraging each other. And I was so blessed by it. And I think about how God is blessed when he hears his children speaking life over others, speaking life over themselves. Because it's not just what you say over others. It's what you say over yourself. It's what you're saying to you every day. Some of you look in the mirror and you go, ah, oh, I hate myself. I'm just, I'm not pretty enough. I've gained too much weight. I just wish my nose was smaller. I wish my ears were different. I wish I didn't have this pimple. I wish, I wish my personality was like that. I, I wish this and God's going, stop it, stop it. You're, you're literally cursing his masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. And when he hears you talking negative about yourself, talking negative about others, talking negative about other uh, situations or people, God's going, stop it. There's a language I've called you to speak, and it is a language of faith. It's a language of hope. It's a language of love. It's a language that lifts people up. Everybody say the language of faith. Proverbs 13 verse 2 says a person will eat the fruit from their lips. We will eat what we speak. Proverbs 12, verse 18 says, careless words stab like a sword, but wise words bring healing. I remember hearing this story about a famous writer. His name was Larry David. He wrote this, the show Seinfeld. Hey, got a Seinfeld fan in the house. And uh, he went to a Yankees um, baseball game and he walks into the stadium and, you know, this is pre-COVID. And so there's like 50,000 people there and they're not social distancing. They're all enjoying their, their game and they're all hanging out. He walks in and the camera zooms in on him and everybody starts cheering, Larry, Larry, Seinfeld, Seinfeld. And they're all like encouraging him and he's smiling and he's waving. And on the way out from the baseball game, he's getting into his van 
And all of a sudden, these people drive by where he was at, and they go, hey, Larry, you stink. And he got into his car, and he said, for the next six months, I went down a spiral of depression. One critic silenced 50,000 screaming fans. Because oftentimes, we remember hurtful words way longer than we remember helpful words. Words are not equally weighted. When you say something mean, it weighs a whole lot more than when you say something nice, which means that when you've said something mean, you need to say twice as many nice things. Our words have power. Our words can break chains of bondages, and our words can also put chains on people. We need to be careful what we're speaking. We need to learn a language that pleases God, a language that literally, God, like God gave us a language in the Bible, it's amazing that from Genesis to Revelation, there's this language of faith. Right in the very beginning of the Bible, God starts with a language of faith. He says, let there be light. The first thing God does in the Bible is not step his foot on the earth, not wave his hand. It's not smile. The first thing God does is he speaks. God shows us if, if we are made in his image, we have his DNA. In other words, God's saying, there is so much power in your words. I started the Bible with my words, and I finished the Bible with my words, and I've called my church to live with the language that is not of this world. Before you are a citizen of the United States of America, you are a citizen of the kingdom of God. And as the citizen of the kingdom of God, we have a language that is different. And we have a language that brings us all together. It's a language of hope. It's a language of love, a language of faith. When I was younger, I studied Spanish, and, and uh, I was in college studying Spanish. In high school, I was taking Spanish. I was trying to learn the language. How many have tried to learn another language, French or Spanish? Some of y'all are still trying to learn English. And that's good. That's good. You're here. You're learning it. And uh, me too. I'm still trying to learn English. But I remember I wanted to test out my Spanish. I was on a mission trip. We were in Ecuador. And I was doing, we were doing a conference. There was about 4,000 young people, and it was a purity conference. And we were encouraging these teenagers to walk in purity and save themselves from marriage. And it was, you know, it was all about purity. So I get up there and I go, hey, I look at the translator. I go, I got this. He goes, okay. And I said, hola. And they go, hola. I said, mi nombre es Pablo. And they go, hola, Pablo. E que pasa? And they're like, bien. I'm like, nice. And I'm feeling good about it. And I was so excited to be there. I go, yo es muy, muy excitado. And the translator just puts his hand over his head. The pastors on the front row start walking out. Teenagers are laughing. I go, what did I say? He said, you just told them you were sexually excited to be there. And I go, no, 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 no. That's not what I mean. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. That's not what I meant to say. And I felt so embarrassed. I go, yo es muy, muy embarazado. And he puts his hand over his face. He goes, you just told them you were pregnant. And I was like, this is bad. I'm, I'm done. This purity conference just got ruined by me. It's important that we learn the language that God's called us to speak. Children learn the language of their environment. Children naturally will pick up on the language of the house that they are raised in. You don't even have to teach kids your language. If they grow up in your house hearing your language, they practice it. They learn it. They learn how you talk to your husband. They learn how you talk to your wife. They learn how you talk to your boss. They learn what you say in the mirror. They learn the language of their environment. It just goes like that. We can do more damage with our words than any part of our body. Our tongue is the most powerful part. In James chapter three, verse one, he says, not many of you should aspire to be teachers 
because we will be judged more strictly. Jesus said we will have to give an account for every word we speak, every careless word. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who's never at fault in what they say is perfect. And we know there's no one perfect out there. But then he says in verse three, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. So talk about faith in the wild. He says, listen, you can tame a horse. You can tame an animal. A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. Our words can accomplish so many things, but our words can also destroy so many things. Jesus said, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, it shall happen. Whoever speaks with authority, life and death is in the tongue. And I wanna give you today three ways to practice this language, three ways to practice the language of faith. Number one, practice it with the words you speak over yourself. Practice it with what you say over you. you. You can't determine what people are gonna say to you, but you can determine what you're gonna say to yourself. I, I've, I've been called many things. People have said, you know, you're too young, you're not educated enough, you don't have what it takes, your teeth are crooked, you're not the right guy, you're not as handsome as Joel Osteen, you don't have, you know, all these kinds of things. <laughs> you're not like Furtick, all this stuff. I can't control what people say over me, but I can control what I say over me. So I have to look in the mirror and say, I am anointed in Jesus' name. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. I am more than a conqueror. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. Lord, I thank you that I am wonderfully and fearfully made. God, I thank you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I have power over my emotions and my mental health, even my body with my words. I am who I am today because of what I said over myself yesterday. I have to talk myself into victory. I remember driving up to this church during a tough time in our, in our church's history, and it was several years ago, and I was getting ready to preach in 2013, and there was like no cars in the parking lot, and I started talking negative. I said, people don't wanna hear me preach. I don't wanna hear me preach. God, you don't wanna hear me preach. You're done with me. My best days are behind me. Dad, I wish you were here. They wanna hear you preach. They don't wanna hear me, and I'm talking like my dad's in heaven. I'm like giving this pity party, and, and I felt this voice. It wasn't audible, it was just, it was like an impression on my heart. It was, it, I think it was God saying, Paul, change the narrative, change your confession. Stop speaking so negative over yourself. What good is it to confess your belief in God but then use your mouth to curse everything that God has in store for you. How good is it to have big beliefs, but then have a dirty mouth, a mouth that constantly is speaking negative, speaking dark, speaking fear, speaking hopelessness. And so in that moment, God said, change your confession. And I, I, I was crying, I was parked outside in front of the church and I pulled out a napkin, I had a pen, I said, okay, I'm gonna write down a confession. And I wrote down, I'm here on purpose. And I said, God, I don't feel like I'm here on purpose. I feel like I'm here on accident. I feel like this season wasn't supposed to happen. Someone made a mistake, I made a mistake. Maybe you made a mistake. This doesn't feel like a purposeful season. God said, stop it. You're here on purpose because you have a purpose. And I wrote that down. And I said, if that's true, then I need to have an open heart and an open mind to receive what you have. So I wrote down, my heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. When I stopped right there, I said, Lord, is that true? Is that true? And I just started thinking about all the things that I wasn't good enough at. 
And God said, Paul, Philippians 1 verse 6, he who started this work in you will be faithful to complete it. Say it over yourself. God's not finished yet. If there's breath in my lungs, then God's not done. If there's breath in your lungs, then God's not done. He's not done with your son. He's not done with your daughter. He's not done with your dreams. He's not done with your church. He's not done with your finances. He's not done with your husband. He's not done with your wife. He's not done with your family. He's not done with this nation. God's not finished yet. And then I wrote down the next words, my best days are right in front of me. And I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. And I took that napkin and I held on to it. I cried, I kept it in my wallet for two years. And I walked into the church that night and there was about 200 people in the room. And I said, everybody say this with me. And all of you in section C and section B, and there was no one in section B or C. Everyone on the floor is turning around. They're like, this dude's lost his mind. You've lost your mind, Paul. Good, I need to. I need to get out of my mind because my mind has been limiting me. My mind has kept me in inferiority and insecurity. I need to tap into the mind of Christ. I need to get out of an earthly mindset and get into a heavenly mindset. I said, say this with me. I'm here on purpose. And we started that confession that night. And afterwards they said, that was embarrassing. Can we not do that again? And we did it again the next week. Sometimes you have to say it until you see it, because here we are this week, and this whole room is full in here, from section A to section C, and we're stepping into our best days right now as a church, and we've seen 23,700 people give their lives to Jesus in the last 25 weeks, and we've fed almost 8 million meals as a church in the middle of a pandemic. You gotta speak it over yourself, even when you don't see it in the natural. You gotta talk yourself into victory, even when you feel defeated and discouraged, even when you you want to quit. You got to interrupt your thoughts. I watched this video on YouTube of this little girl and she just started speaking encouragement and it really blessed me and I want to show it to you. So check this out. Look, I can be a shark. Now my whole house is great. I can do anything good. I like my school. I like anything. I like my dad. I like my cousins. I like my aunts. I like my Allison's. I like my mom. I like my sisters. I like my dad. I like, I like my hair. I like my haircuts. I like my pajamas. I like my stuff. I like my rooms. I like my whole house. My whole house is great. I can do anything good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, you can cut it. I can do anything. I heard Joyce Myers say this, and she said, you know, for a long time, she was speaking negative over herself, and she realized she was so critical of other people. And she would read that scripture passage that says, you know, love your neighbor, um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, your mind, all your strength, love your neighbor as yourself. And she said, it didn't dawn on me that I can't truly love my neighbor until I love me. I can't learn how to speak faith over others until I learn how to speak faith over me. Most of the times, the reason why we're critical and mean towards people is because we're critical of ourselves. We're so hard on ourselves. If you will get this right, you'll start getting this right. If you'll start speaking life, because God says over you, you are a masterpiece. He created you in his image. You are beautiful. You are not an accident. You are not a mistake. You are more than a conqueror. You're a champion. Come on, some of you just need to say it over yourself today. What are you releasing into your future? 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, when David was discouraged and his men were talking about killing him, it says he began to encourage himself in the Lord, began to encourage himself, strengthen himself. 
He did this in Psalm 42 when he was feeling depressed, when he was feeling overwhelmed. He said, why am I discouraged? I will put my hope in the Lord. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see, speaking faith is not ignoring the facts. It's just believing that God's word is more powerful than the facts. It's just believing that what God says about you is more important than what the facts have been saying about you, what the doctors have said over you. You need to confess over your body, I'm healed by his stripes. I am healed. I'm healthy. I'm whole. I'm anointed. I am qualified because God has equipped me. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. David said in Psalm 27, I will remain confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I was talking to our worship team in the back right before service. We were praying, getting ready for you. And one of the worship leaders, he said, man, my voice is, is really struggling right now. I said, I know how you feel. I've been there before. I said, but don't worry, it's coming back. He said, that's right. It's coming back. I said, start speaking. It's coming back. It's coming back. It's come. We started pointing at each other. It's coming back. We ended, we ended our prayer time with a chant. We all put our hands in. It's coming back. It's com- you need to start declaring. Ezekiel 37, God told Ezekiel, prophesy over your future. Prophesy over where I'm taking this nation. Prophesy over what God's about to do. You see, we have three choices with our words. We can choose to speak negative. We can choose to say nothing at all. Or we can choose to say something positive. Why not choose positive? If you have the choice, well, I just don't believe in that positive stuff. All right, then tell me how your life ends up someday down the road after you've said all the negative things about yourself, but I'm going to choose to speak life over me. I'm going to choose to speak hope over me. If I have an option to speak something good or speak something bad or say nothing at all, I choose to say something good. Number two, practice this language with the words you speak over others. Ephesians 4 verse 29, Paul said, Let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Let it be beneficial for those who are listening. If you have nothing good to say, they say, don't say anything at all. But I would encourage you, choose to say something good. Choose to speak life. See, some of us in the room, we go, well, you know, I'm kind of a cynical person. Like God created me to be the critic. God called me to find what's wrong with people, what's wrong with churches. So, you know, I do a Yelp review on every person I meet. No one's a five out of five stars. Everyone's like a 3.5. And some of you guys are ones. And I'm giving zero stars to some of you because I just don't like you. Some of us are so critical and mean. And we're constantly giving Google reviews about everybody and everything. And sometimes we just need to stop the critical spirit and start finding what's right with people. Start looking for good things to say over churches, over people, over our president, over our mayor, over our nation, over the world. We got to start looking for ways to speak a language of life. Well, Paul, that's just not how, you know, let's just call it like it is. The reality is they're terrible. They stink. Yeah, but you know what? You can change that with your words. You can begin to speak life. I heard about this little boy who grew up in a really bad home bad environment. His mom was on drugs, in and out of jail. When she was home, she would bring a new guy in every week. And this little boy grew up with just a really bad home, home life. And they labeled him a child at risk. And so when he went to school and he started growing up, he started getting in trouble. He was always in the principal's office. And they'd say, you're a child at risk. You're a child at risk. That's what they told him all the time. It wasn't until his sophomore year after he was starting to get into drugs and starting to do some stuff he shouldn't do with girls that one of the high school counselors brought him in and said, can I talk to you, Del Toro, can I talk to you? 
And he said, what is it? She said, why do you act out? Why do you, why do, you do these things? He said, because I'm a child at risk. I've been that way my whole life. I'm just a child at risk. That's what they've always said about me. She said, stop it. You're a child at possibility. You're a child with a dream that God has a bigger plan for your life than any label that people have placed over you. And that one moment, that teacher, she spoke a prophetic word over his life. Some of us in the room go, well, I don't want to prophesy unless God has specifically told me to prophesy. You have the power every day to prophesy over your kids, to call those things that are not as though they are. That's what the teacher did. I want to give it up for teachers and coaches because you guys have a huge platform and, and many of us are here today in church because we had a teacher who believed in us, a coach who spoke life over us, a counselor, high school counselor, a homeschool mom, a homeschool dad, someone who, who taught us to believe in ourselves. He said, from that day on, that counselor's words just started ringing in my ear. I'm a child at possibility. I'm a child at possibility. I have potential. God has a plan for my life. He said, I started going to church, started going to youth group, started listening to my youth pastor. Youth pastor started speaking words of life. Never underestimate the opportunity you have to speak life over boys and girls, teenagers, moms, dads, any age group. All of us need that encouragement, and it's free. It's free to give encouragement. It's free to speak the language of faith. Anyone can do it. You don't have to pay for the class. It's right here in the word of God. You just got to speak life, speak hope, speak faith. And he said, I, I clung on to those words and I started believing I had potential. And I went to college. Della Toro McNeil went on to become a multi, multi-millionaire. Now he speaks to millions of boys and girls every year and he speaks life into them and he interrupts those negative labels that they've been believing and he calls those things that are not as though they are. God has equipped us and called us to speak the language of faith, not just over ourselves, but over others. I remember when I was feeling really discouraged and my dad had passed away and, and I was just feeling overwhelmed. I was starting to preach some, but I didn't feel good at it. It was right around the same time that I wrote our confession. And I started getting text messages from a random number that I didn't have saved in my phone. And I would say, who is this? And they'd say, just save me as the encourager. And they would send me text messages, scriptures. Never under, under, underestimate the power of just a text message of life and encouragement that you can speak to someone. You know, when I get on social media, sometimes I see just so much hurtful things being spewed out in different ways about different people. And it's always just refreshing to see someone just encouraging another person, encouraging other people, no strings attached. And I was reading the text messages and sometimes I would cry because they'd say, hey, Paul, you had a great sermon today. It was so good. Hey, I believe in you. You're doing a great job. What were they doing? They were speaking a language of faith. You see, a, a language of, of hopelessness and defeat says, why do you always do that? You never do this. It's always your fault. You should have done a better job. If you were just more like your sister, more like I told you so, if you were more like you failed, you messed up. But a language of faith says, I believe in you. You got what it takes. You're doing a great job. You're getting better every single week. I trust in you. I forgive you. I love you. I'm sorry that happened to you, but you're going to get through this. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Things are going to turn around. God's not finished with you yet. That's what he was texting me through this whole time. I didn't know who it was. My wife grabbed the phone. She's like, who is this secret encourager that's texting my husband? I said, I don't know. I thought it was Ashley with a secondary phone. Then I thought it was my mom. I started asking people, I was like, have you been texting? They're like, no. I was like, okay. I thought it was maybe Stephen Furtick that like someone gave him my number or something. It wasn't him. And it ended up being a 16-year-old guy in our youth group that had gotten my number from his parents' phone. And for four years, he encouraged me every single week. 
And when he finally came up to me, he said, I'm the secret encourager. Four years later, I said, what? I never would have expected it. He said, that's why I didn't tell you who I was. He said, I wanted you to know that God was looking out for you. He was speaking life to you. I am who I am today because of the encouragement, the language of faith that Tate Gomez spoke over me during that time. I remember when Kevin Durant got up to accept his MVP award, and we forgive Kevin for leaving the thunder. But you know, I remember when he got up to receive his award, and he said, I'm here today because my mom never stopped encouraging me. And he said, this is for all the moms out there that believe in their sons. Never stop speaking life into your son. And he said, but also there's a guy on our team who sits on the bench, and he hardly ever gets playing time. And he said, I've had a lot of bad games, games where I was so embarrassed at how bad I played. I missed so many shots that I should have made. And after every single one of those games, I'd come back to the locker room. And when I'd go to my locker, I'd see a little note, handwritten note. And it was always different. It was intentional. And it was from that guy who sat on the bench. He would write a note to me and say, hey, Kevin, you're still the MVP. Just want you to know you did a great job tonight. Shake off any feelings of failure or loss. I believe in you, bro. I believe in you. You're the real MVP. He said he was writing that into my future. I got this MVP award because someone saw it in me before anyone else did. We have the power to prophesy life over people's futures. We're living in a time where people are saying so many negative things over people, so many mean things over people. Our words can bring life or death. Our communication is the currency of our relationships. Speak life. Speak hope. James chapter 3 says all it takes is just one word, like a spark that starts a forest fire. One word can build up or tear down. I want to end with this last point right here, number three, the words that we speak over our circumstances. Not just the words we say over ourselves. I want the band to come out. Not just the words we say over others, but the words we say over our circumstances. Some of us have accepted and believed a negative report. We've accepted the fact of what a doctor has said, what a counselor has said, what a situation looks like. Even in our own country, we look at stuff and we go, I just don't know if this could ever change. But recently I was encouraged when I was reading through these scriptures and I heard God say, start changing the narrative about what you're saying over your circumstances. See, Ashley and I, we, we, even though we're pastors and, and we're big time believers and we, you know, study the word and speak the word, we still have times where we just walk through discouragement, walk through painful things. You know, whether it's something with kids or something with our finances, something with our health, and we have to choose in those moments what we're gonna say over our circumstance, over our situation. We've learned uh, ever since getting married that there's power in, in a marriage to speak. This is for all the couples in the room getting ready for the marriage you know, weekend seminar this month. But there's power when a husband and wife can come in agreement and speak life over a circumstance together. God says there's power in, a, in agreement with your spouse when you can speak it over circumstances. Early on in our marriage, we learned the importance of speaking words of affirmation to each other, words of life. We grew up differently in, in different moments, how to process, you know, what should I say in this moment? And early on in our marriage, there were times where I would immediately be critical and she'd say, hey, can, can you say something nice first before you bring the constructive criticism? Vice versa. She would give me criticism and I'd say, hey, hold on. In fact, one time I almost fired Ashley from working at the church. She was like, you can't fire me. I quit. And I was like, you can't quit. I'm going to fire you. 
And she, she was like, I guess I'll see you at the house later on. You know, I'm making dinner. You might be sleeping on the couch. And I was like, you know, it was one of those moments where our words weren't the best. I had to, I had to repent. There was one night where I got so upset over something and I got in my car and I left our apartment and I'm driving down the road and God said, go back and say something nice to your wife. And I was like, God, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and so I drove around for like 30 minutes and God said, go back and apologize and speak encouragement to your wife. So I went back and I said, babe, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have slammed the door. I shouldn't have said that. You're amazing. When I started speaking those words, I could tell, you know, Proverbs says a gentle answer can stop wrath. It's not just what we say, it's how we say it. Content matters, but so does tone. Tone matters in this language. Speaking it with gentleness, the heart, the motives matter. Speaking it with no strings attached. Speaking those words of life. Timing matters when you say it. As soon as you think of something good to say over someone or something, speak it out. Your words have power. Don't wait three weeks to say something good. Say it right there in that moment. I remember one of my friends, he, he found out he had cancer in his knee. The doctor said he was 14 years old. They said, there's a tumor in your knee. He was feeling pain in his knee. And he said, I think I need to go and get an x-ray. I got to go to the doctor. He's a runner. And when he went there, they said, this is really strange because this never happens to, to guys your age, but you have a tumor in your knee and you're going to probably have to get your leg amputated because it's too, too hard for us to be able to pull it out. It's cancerous. And all he could hear in his mind is cancer, cancer, cancer. And he just started thinking, I'm never going to get to run again. I'm gonna grow up my whole life with just one leg. I, I, I'm gonna have to be in a wheelchair. I'll have to figure out how to be a paraplegic. I'm gonna, and he starts thinking about this. And his mom said, no, 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 we're gonna change the confession. Started putting scriptures up around the house. Said, we're gonna speak life over you. She called up all of his friends. Parents, we have the power to interrupt those negative thoughts over our kids. And she said, we're gonna speak by his stripes, you are healed. We're gonna speak life over your knee. In Jesus' name, that knee is getting better. It's lining up with the word of God. By the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. He sent his word to heal me in Jesus' name. She called his friend, she said, hey, when you see Jonathan, he's going through something, it's painful. I'm not gonna tell you everything it's about, but just say, hey, new knees, hey, new knees. Just speak new knees over him. Just talk about his, that God's given him new knees. We were like, oh, okay. So when we saw him, hey, new knees. Hey, Jonathan, new knees, come over here. And we started speaking that. We started praying for him and he would laugh, got his mind off of cancer, started believing that he was getting new knees. When he went back to the doctor a month later, the cancer was completely gone. His knee was healed. Not only that, but his knee was better after that. He started running again. He got a scholarship and he ran track at Oral Roberts University in college and his knees were better after that. You see, we have the power to speak over circumstances and see things change. There's a language of faith that God calls us to walk in. I love the passage in 1 Kings 18, verse 41. Elijah interrupted a famine. There had been no rain for three years. And he says this, he says, I hear the sound of a heavy rain. Now, when we hear Travis Myers or a weatherman here in Tulsa, announce the forecast for the upcoming week. And they say, well, there's gonna be a little bit of rain, a little bit of sunshine over here. It's gonna be dropping down about 50 degrees. There's gonna be a little bit of wind chill over here. And then we're gonna have a tornado after that. We go, oh yeah, yeah, Travis Myers is always right. 10 out of 10, he's always right. He is always right. Is he not right? The weatherman's always right in Oklahoma. <laughs> and then when God says the promises of Abraham are also yours, 
you are descendants of Father Abraham. And the same promises I gave him, I give to you. We go, well, I just don't know about that. Here Paul goes, and he's given us the weather forecast, and our best days are in front of us. I just don't believe it. It's not like he's Travis Myers. It's not like he knows what's in the future. I don't know what's in the future, but I know who holds my future. And I know this, that no matter who's the sitting president this next year, my God is still on the throne. And he supersedes any laws that are passed, any stuff that's going on. So I can embrace faith in the wild because I believe there's a different type of kingdom that I'm living for. There's a language God's called me to speak, and it is a language of hope. It's a language of faith. So I'm done with running around like a chicken cut with his head cut off, acting like the world's falling if things don't go my way. No, my God is a good God. He's a faithful God. Great is thy faithfulness. His mercies are new every morning. He's a good God, and he has good things in store for you. John chapter 10 says, I am the good shepherd. And I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give you life. I'm the gate, and you come in. Those who hear my voice and follow my voice, they will eat the good of the land. God has good things in store for his kids. The world might be getting darker, but the church is going to shine brighter. Elijah said, I hear the sound of a heavy rain. In other words, he was saying, I see circumstances changing. I see what's, what looks di difficult right now in the present. I see it shifting. This present problem is not a permanent future for us. This present situation is not a permanent problem in our future. It's time to start declaring life over the things that you've been cursing, the things you've been complaining about. It's time to speak hope. If you don't talk to your mountains, your mountains will talk to you. Faith does not ignore the facts. Faith believes that God is bigger than the facts. So Elijah says, I hear the sound of a heavy rain. Now, it was a cloudless sky. There was no rain at all. And his servant came to him and said, it's not raining. And Elijah said, go check again. See, sometimes we give up speaking faith-filled words because we don't see immediate results. But Noah was building an ark for 100 years before there was ever a drop of rain. And I guarantee you the criticism that Noah faced every day. Hey, why are you building a boat? There's no rain. There's no water. Why are you saying these things? Again, we have an option every day. Speak negative, speak positive, or say nothing at all. How about you choose to speak positive? How about we choose to speak life? So Elijah said it again. I hear the sound of a heavy rain. He climbs on top of a mountain, puts his head between his knees, and he starts declaring, rain is coming. Rain is coming. I hear the sound of rain. His servant said, it's still not here. Habakkuk chapter 2 says, write the vision down. Make it plain so that he who reads it may run with it. And if it tarries, because it will tarry, wait on it because it will come to pass. I want to keep speaking it until I see it. I've been speaking that victory confession for seven and a half years. And when I look into our church today, I'm seeing the results of what I've been saying for seven and a half years. Sometimes you have to say it. My dad used to walk through the hallways of Victory Christian School, and he would say, hey, mighty man of God, hey, mighty woman of God, you are such a great example. You're a godly woman. And I, I tell my dad later on that night, she's not a godly woman. That girl is bad. She's breaking guys' hearts. She's doing bad stuff. That boy, he's into drugs. Dad, you don't know what you're saying. Like, stop saying that because it's not true. My dad would say, stop it. I'm not talking about what they're doing. I'm talking about who they are. I'm talking about who God's making them to be. And I'd say, are we just going to ignore the facts here? What about the institutional reality? The reality is that's not true. My dad would say, stop. I'm not talking about where they're at. I'm talking about where God's taking them. 
And he would speak it over me, peaceful Paul. And I'm like, ah, peaceful Paul. Yeah. And now I'm more peaceful. He'd speak it over John, joyful John. He was prophesying over us. I hear the sound of a heavy rain. Where is it? It's coming. We don't see it. I see a mighty man of God. I don't see it. I see it. And I'm going to speak it. And I'm going to prophesy over it. Prophesy over these dry bones, Ezekiel. Prophesy breath. Prophesy life. Well, I don't want to prophesy unless God tells me to prophesy. God has given us the power of words. By faith, we believe and therefore we speak. We do not walk by sight. We, walk, we don't walk by what we see in the natural, but by what we see in the supernatural. You're sitting in a room that my dad spoke into existence before there was ever concrete laid on this foundation. He said, I see a church someday full with all generations, all ethnicities, people coming from all around. It's going to be like Noah's Ark. People will come in here to escape the floods that are out there in a pandemic. My dad was speaking it before we ever saw it. You got to begin to speak it. I hear the sound of a heavy rain. I see things turning around. I see God showing up, paying off your school loans. I see God paying off that house. I see God showing up like he did for our friend up here, Dalton Lemons, and buying a car for somebody in the room. I don't know if we can say that. Well, you can keep talking negative, or you can keep quiet, or you can start speaking positive. You have power in your words. Celebrities have seen this. They made a movie about it called The Secret. They think I can just say positive things and it will come. And they've realized there is so much power in positive thinking and positive speaking. The reality is though, the secret is not that there's some universal you know, law that's out there that, you know, uh, that didn't come from God, that came from some sort of evolutionistic thinking. This came from God's word. The power of thinking and speaking life is God's idea. It's not man's idea. It's not John Travolta's idea. It's not Tom Cruise's idea. It's not Christian scientist's idea. This is from the Bible. God spoke in Genesis all the way to Revelation. There's power in our words. So finally, Elijah says it again. I still see rain coming. And the servant says, there's a small cloud. Never despise the day of small beginnings. There's a small cloud, Elijah. And Elijah said, okay, get ready, because it's about to pour. Go tell Ahab to get ready. Verse 45, it says, meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose, and a heavy rain started falling. Church, I want you to stand to your feet all over this room. I hear the sound of a heavy rain in America. I hear the sound of a heavy rain in Tulsa. I hear the sound of a heavy rain in your marriage, a rain of God's favor, a rain of God's goodness. I want you to do something right now. You know, I played the encouragement game with my kids. I want you to do it right now before you leave this room. If you wouldn't mind, if you're watching online, say something life-giving to the person next to you. Just speak a word of faith over them. Just tell them you got what it takes. You're going to do great things. You're a champion. You can do all things. Go ahead. Say something life-giving to that person near you. Come on, speak some encouragement. If you're watching from home, text somebody. Call somebody. Tell them that God has big plans for you. God's not done yet. Your best days are still in front of you. Now, church... I want to say it over you today. I want to just, can I speak some faith over you today before you leave? Every week I come in here and I'm so amazed. I want to cry every week. I'm an emotional person. But I look in here and I go, wow, they came back. Last week was rough and they still showed up this week. I love you. I love you guys. From the very back of the room, I see you back there. I see you back there. 
all the way to the front. You are the most amazing church in the whole world. We could stop right now and God would be so pleased with what this church has done in 2020. But we're not gonna stop because we're just getting started. We'll be here next week. But when I look at you, I just go, man, you are so beautiful. You are so handsome. You're a mighty man of God. You are mighty women of God. You are called for such a time as this. I just wanna speak for a second over the men in the room. Men, you are anointed. If I could just talk to every guy in the room, if you're eight years old or you're 98 years old, you are here for such a time as this. You are a man of God. You have authority. You are confident. God looks at you and he says, I'm proud of you, son. I am so proud of who you're becoming. You're doing better than you think, men. You're doing a better job than you think you are. And you are such, and I'm telling you right now, God says, I am so pleased with you. I love you so much. You've got what it takes. I believe in you. I trust in you. I'm not mad at you. Your mistakes do not define you. You are not a regret to God. God says, you're not an accident. I made you on purpose and you are in 2020 because I have a purpose for you. And you're going to do great things, man. You're going to do great things. Things may look bad right now, but God says, I'm just getting started. I'm turning things around for you. Sir, I'm turning things around for you. Mister, I'm telling you, you might come across like you're tough, but I know deep down inside, you need to hear this encouragement. And God says, I see you. I see the wounds that you carry. I already know. And God says, I love you. I love you. I'm the father that you never had. I'm the father that didn't hit you. I'm the father that hasn't abandoned you. I'm the father that speaks life over you. And your kids need to know. Your kids need to hear it. God loves you so much, sir. To the women in the room, when God looks at you and you're looking in the mirror and you feel so unqualified, you feel like you gained too much weight or your hair is not right, God says, you are so beautiful. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are valuable. You're a masterpiece in God's eyes. He looks at you girls and he says, you are not lesser than men. You are not lesser than your sister. You are not lesser than her. You are a beautiful girl and God has great things in store for you. And you're going to do so many good things for God. You're going to bring glory to him. You are not your mistakes. You are not defined by your past. Shame off you, young lady. Shame off you. God says, you're doing a great job. I'm proud of you, mom. I'm proud of you, sister. I'm proud of you, daughter. God says, I love you. And I've placed you on earth for a purpose. I've uniquely designed you with the person personality that you have. Your personality is not a mistake. Your personality is not meant to be compared to any other girl. God made you unique and he made you on purpose for a purpose. And I hear God saying this over married couples today, over families. God says where the enemies come in and he's tried to mess things up. He's tried to create havoc in your home. He's tried to create strife. God says, I'm coming in and I'm going to restore you. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to heal your heart towards each other. I'm going to reconcile fathers and sons, mothers and sons, fathers and daughters. I hear God saying this right now. Revival is coming to Tulsa through this church, and it's going to start in homes and families and schools. Right now, I just want to speak this over singles, singles in the room. I hear God saying, I have you in this season because I am preparing you for the person that I have prepared for you. And God says, this is not an accident. Don't despise it. Don't compare it. God says, you are beautiful. You are handsome. You are not rejected by God. You have what it takes. You are the person that I am preparing for, the person that I've prepared for you. You're exactly the one that, that, that I need for them. And God says, this season right now is not an accident. 
And even if you've walked through a painful divorce, if you've walked through a breakup or something didn't work out with someone, God says, I have something better in store for you. And I'm going to restore and I'm going to heal and I'm going to prepare you for that next thing. For the businessmen in the room, businesswomen in the room, I hear God saying, what I'm going to do through your company, what I'm going to do through your finances. Dr. Z, when I saw you over there, and I don't know if you're still over there, but I just felt like God was saying, I'm going to use you to bless the kingdom of God to minister to so many more people. And I don't know who this is for besides Dr. Z, but there's someone in the room, God saying, I'm going to use your unique personality, your gifts, your finances, your dreams, the things that God's placed in your heart. The world may not understand it. Even church people, religious people may not understand it, but God says, I'm going to use that to bless the nations. And I am going to change neighborhoods and communities. And I'm going to shift things through the church. The economy will change in the city through the church. We're not waiting on the White House to fix our nation. It's going to happen through the church house. It's going to happen through your house. It's time to start speaking it out. I want to pray for you today. I just feel in my heart, some of you have accepted some words over yourself, some labels, and God's saying, today it's time to take off those labels. Some of us in the room, we've been speaking a language of defeat, a language of fear, maybe even a language, we've just been cursing our future. We've been cursing other people's future. And today God says, I want to renew your mouth. I'll never forget as a kid, I said something mean to my brother. And when my mom found out what I said, she said, come inside. I got soap and I got water and I'm going to wash your tongue. It was a controversial thing back then. But she washed my mouth out and I never said that mean word again to my brother. But I hear God saying, I'm going to wash where you've been saying words. You've been cursing your future. You've been cursing other people. You've been cursing your president, your nation. Today, I'm going to renew your mouth to start speaking a new language of faith. If you need God's help, to start speaking that language of faith. I want you to raise your hand. If you need to reject some labels that have been spoken over you, if you've been saying some things over yourself and today you just need to get your words in line with his word, raise your hand today. You're saying, man, I, I need this. I need to embrace this language of faith. I want to invite you to leave your seat. Come and meet me at this altar because today, today is a new day. Today's a day to embrace a new language, a language of faith over fear, love over hatred, life over death, blessings over curses. Today it's time. Come on, let's cheer on. Today, there's people stepping into a new language, a new season. Speak hope in your home. Speak life in your house. Speak life over yourself. Speak life over your future. Speak life over their life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I remember my dad. One time we were on a fishing trip and this guy on the fishing trip just kept cursing, saying terrible things. My, every time he would curse, my dad would say, praise God, hallelujah. God's doing something fresh. He's doing something new. Fish are coming into the boat in Jesus' name. We were on a fishing trip and this guy was saying, who is this blankety blank guy? And he said, well, my name's Billy Joe. I'll never forget hearing my dad speak life every time curses were coming out. I was raised in that kind of home. My dad would interrupt gossip. He would interrupt slander. He would interrupt the curses and he would speak a blessing. He'd say, stop that. Don't say that. We're not going to speak like that. We're not going to talk like that. We're going to speak life. We're going to speak hope. 
Today, I believe God's interrupting your thoughts. He's interrupting your conversations. And he's saying, I'm going to wash your mouth and you're going to speak life. And you're going to see changes that you haven't seen because your, your language is changing. And when your language changes, your environment changes. Come on, today, God's saying, let there be light in your house. Let there be life in your house. Let there be self-control over your mouth. Let there be hope. Let the Holy Spirit guide you and counsel you out of fear, out of depression, out of anxiety. You have the mind of Christ in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray over every person down here at this altar, every negative label that's been placed on them. You are not a child at risk. You're a child at possibility. You are not a failure. You're not a mistake. You're not that cuss word he said over you. No, you're a woman of God. You're a daughter of the most high. Sir, you're not the cuss word she said over you. You're not the thing that he said about you. You're not the words that they said over you when you were younger, when you made that mistake. God says you're a child of God. You have a bright future. Your best days are in front of you. I want us just to close our eyes just for a moment. And if we can just linger in God's presence, would you just lead us into a worship song right now? Let's just begin to speak life right now in the room. That's it, just speak it out. You take what the enemy meant. see a victory you're gonna see a victory you're gonna see a victory come on today's a new day it's a new day this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and I will be glad in it the joy of the Lord is my strength he surrounds you with songs of deliverance he charges his angels round about you. Just like he parted the Red Sea for Moses, he's gonna move in the supernatural in your life. hearing that in my spirit as I'm praying and again when I listen to God's voice it's it's not an audible voice but it's this impression in my heart I keep hearing that there's girls that have been struggling with eating disorders and God's saying that you've accepted some words that either someone said over you or the enemy whispered and you just clung on to about yourself and God's saying I set you free from that when I look at your body your body is not imperfect it's not a mistake you are made in the image of God fearfully and wonderfully made 
God says, the thoughts that I have for you outnumber the sand on the seashore. I created you in your mother's womb. I knit you together. And when I made you, I did not make you in a way that you, you need to change yourself, in a way that you would feel lesser than, that you need to uh, practice things that would be wrong, that would damage your body. I hear God saying today to confess over yourself, confess over your body that I am wonderfully and fearfully made. I am a masterpiece. God says, until you believe it, you're going to keep on doing these things that are harming your body. But today, God's saying, if you'll, if you'll cling to the word of God over yourself, you're going to conquer those eating disorders. You're going to conquer those things that have been affecting who you are and who you think you are. God says over you, you're a mighty woman of God. You're a mighty woman of God. You are made in his image. And God does not see your blemishes. He does not see your mistakes. I hear some, some men in the room. And as I'm praying, I hear some men, you've been struggling with addictions. You've been struggling with things for a long time. And God says the deeper roots that are there because of this stuff is because you've had a hard time trusting in him and seeing yourself the way that he sees you and accepting what he says about you. And if you'll get the word inside your spirit and begin to confess it over yourself, that you are a mighty man of God. When God interrupted Gideon's insecurities and said, Gideon, you are not lesser than, you are not inadequate, you are not inferior, you're not a guy that has to struggle his whole life to win affirmation from people. You are not what they say you are. You are who God says you are. So stop waiting on other people to fill a void that only God can fill. Stop trying to drugs and all kinds of pornography stuff to try to fill a void that only God's word can fulfill. God says, I believe in you, son. I see so many great things in you. You are not a mistake. You're not a failure. You're not what people have said about you. You are free. You are free indeed. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Pick up your mat and walk. Your sins are forgiven. Shame off you in Jesus' name. Lord, I just pray right now for every person in the room. God, I know that we've gone over time and I've been doing that lately, but Lord, I just feel like you're ministering to people that are here. And God, I just thank you right now that today labels are being broken off of people. Limits are being broken off of people's mindsets. Language is changing today. Lord, I pray as a result of this message, God, that homes are going to be better relationships are going to be better. Even this week, they're going to practically use this message to speak life over someone. They're going to get into an encouragement game with people. They're just going to start encouraging other people. They're going to start encouraging themselves. They're going to start speaking the word of God over circumstances, over problems. And Lord, as they do, I thank you that things are going to change in Jesus' name. Just say this with me. Jesus, I'm all yours. Thank you for loving me, for dying on the cross for me. You rose from the grave. You are victorious. And today, I confess you as my Lord and Savior. My hope is in you. Lord, help me to speak what you speak, what you think about me, about others, about my circumstances. I'm going to speak faith. I'm going to speak life. Lord, wash my mouth. I repent of every careless word that I've ever spoken. And I receive your forgiveness. From this day forward, I will speak life. I will use my mouth to bless, to lift others up, starting with me and then others. 
and over every circumstance. I declare that you are turning things around for your glory in my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I love you, Victory. God bless you. Have a great week. Thanks for being here today.